You are listening to the Daily Escape Podcast with Sadie K. Frazier. This episode has been brought to you by Traveling Realms Media. everybody welcome to this week's daily escape podcast i hope you guys are all having a great week and you maybe have the day off like i do it's veterans day so a great big gigantic thank you to all our veterans and everything you've ever done for us and speaking of veterans day we picked my hubby and i picked a very special date last year for a certain occasion and I have a big surprise for you all. I just happened to have him in the studio today. So welcome everybody. My hubby, best friend, love of my life. Um, let's see, entrepreneur, podcaster, author. Goofball. 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 My favorite human being on this entire planet. Nerd. S- nerd. Nerd. Stephen St. Clair. <laughs> Howdy. Hi. How are I'm you? Fine. How are you? I'm good because you have the day off with me. Yeah. Why are we here today? I don't know. Why are we here today? Well, there's a couple <laughs> couple things going on. Thanks for putting me on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot this time because they're tired of me talking. We have some notes here in front of us. You have some stickies. I have some what I labeled at breakfast, morning coffee equals reflections. So what did you and I reflect on, though? Why does that matter? All right, so I guess what we were reflecting on was the fact that it's a very special one-year anniversary, and that is of our co-authored novel. It's kind of a contemporary historical romance novel called Have Fate Will Travel. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in detail here in a few minutes, but... I wanted to introduce my husband a little bit more. He has his own podcast, The Crafted Quill Podcast, and in that podcast, he's been doing a several-part series on love languages. If you've ever um, heard of the love language series, who is it written by? I'm going to take a stab and say Gary Chapman. Yep. Yep, right there. So I'm going to let you talk a little bit here about your love language series and then we'll kind of tie in our book and how it pertains to love language as well and in our own lives. Howdy everybody. So as my wife said I did a few episodes on my podcast about a little something special called love language and I won't go into detail about where that came from. You can figure that out for yourself on my podcast but love language is pretty important in any relationship you have so in the birth of that podcast episode or 12 um, there are five love languages by Gary Chapman author of the book uh, love languages Uh, acts of service receiving gifts quality of time physical touch and words of affirmation Uh, I don't really think there's any order of those, but uh, as I said in my podcast, when explaining each of them and how they can be applied to your life, 
they are super important, wouldn't you say? I would say they're very important, and if you are as lucky as I am to have a husband like I do that even knows what love language is, let alone enacts those acts of service almost every single day, you are a very lucky woman like I am. So but That doesn't mean I don't pull a caveman out every yeah, once in a while. But. once in a while, but I, you're far from a typical man as far as that kind of stuff. Um, you tend to show me acts of service in some way, shape, or form almost every single day. So, And I am very thankful for that and for you even knowing, like I said, what love language is and knowing how to express that to me. Uh, one of the things you are good at is listening to your intuition most of the time as well. And we have a little backstory on how Fate Will Travel came to be and kind of its inception. It almost didn't happen if I would have just put something back and you wouldn't have allowed me to use my intuition. But let's kind of take a step back and you can kind of start from that day. I believe it was my, was it my 50th birthday? 49th, 49th birthday, birthday, I think. Go ahead. Well, I, you can't ever stifle someone's energies or thoughts or ideas so when you picked up that book, and by book I mean it was a leather-bound ledger, and if we were to go back and tell ourselves how important that would be, who knows how things would have turned out, but um, we were just on our usual um, treasure hunt. and At an antique store? Antique store, the best I probably have ever been in. Yep. Imaginarium Superstore in Omaha, Nebraska is by far our very favorite antique searching magical... It's a good place to get <laughs> lost. Yeah. But that book led us on a um, people hunt and it was just, it was on our, my wife's birthday I should say and so we, we spent our dinner, my wife's birthday dinner, basically jumping on the internet and searching this and that and three hours later we had managed to digitally puzzle piece together the who and the what, when, where, why of the leather bound book but it wasn't until uh, our bedtime nightly routine of a nice hot bath that the idea actually came to me and we were sitting in the bathtub and I said hey honey I have an idea for a new book what do you think about this and then things just they kind of snowballed from there. One, one idea led to another. A uh, year and a half later, we have a book called Have Fate Will Travel. Chances are. Now, I think the chances are part was an addition, too. Wasn't it? Yeah. We added it on later because it came up somewhere. That came from a quote that we wrote that Peter Gordon, one of the main characters, had written in the book. And it revolved around that whole quote of chances are. And I'll read the blurb a little bit later. And oh, I just remembered. Do you remember how Have Fate Will Travel came in to be, though? Go ahead. You can tell that one, too. Your mad genius skills is how that happened. <laughs> yeah, so in summer of 2019, um, Sadie and I were sitting in the living room, opposite sides of the room, each in our own writing chair, and I think I was tweeting out. I was distracted like I always am before I start to write, and I think, were you posting something fairy tale related? I think so. I think we were doing our fairy tales. And it happened to be travel-related, and I retweeted it but then hashtagged have fate will travel 
And then from across the room, I hear, oh, honey. I'm like, what? <laughs> you are a freaking genius. So that instantly became our title for our 804-page book that had become, and probably still is, our heart and soul. Absolutely. It also kind of spawned our vlogging YouTube channel, Have Fate Will Travel, as well. Mm -hmm. And even travel some, vlog. Yeah, and even some future ideas as far as we would love to do a cooking show. Speaking of love languages, that's a love language that we both share is eating and getting fat together. So, so should we name I our, mean just eating and cooking together. Should our cooking so. show be Have Fat Will Travel? We could do Have Fat Will Travel. Who likes that one? That'd be if you a, like Have Fat Will Travel, let us know. That would be a negative. <laughs> it's a negative, especially since we have uh, physicals coming up tomorrow. We're supposed to be losing weight. So, not that we're not going to cook some pretty good um, <laughs> fattening recipes from our childhood, but that is something that we hope to do after the first of the year is have Fate Will Travel. Authors can cook too, or we may come up with another channel, but we'd like to bring in kind of past memories of our grandmas, their parents, grandparents. Family cooking, and maybe yeah. even your family's recipes. Yeah. We'd love to have everybody share some of those nostalgic recipes Plus, I want to tie in, like, the stuff we make. Like, you made bacon sushi one day, and it was... I want to, I want to pull in things Because that's really like, healthy. Well, I don't mean just healthy recipes, but we don't eat like our parents ate. Like, my mom no. is a meat and potatoes and vegetable type person, and that's... And, and my mom and dad were oven-fried chicken, mashed yeah. potatoes with way too much butter, and... But so we like sushi, we'll and we cycle. like truffle oil on things, and we like, you know, like strange and unusual things we like to try yeah. so well and to, now that we're talking about food um the the subject of food also was very important in our book too was it not yep. do you remember when we were downstairs in what used to be our living room when we first was it france france chapter i believe we went to our local grocery store and bought a bottle of bordeaux and did we buy we charcuterie to, yeah we bought some meat and cheese tray, and everything was French related. The yeah. the sad part is we got away from that part of exploration of our book. So, but that didn't that didn't in any way, shape, or form take away from it. Like we, there's a part in our book our characters were in Scotland. Uh, I have a bottle of uh, twelve year Scotch that I got down that we only drink certain times. We pour a little bit. Maybe we had a little bit of a cigar with it. Mm -hmm. So we, we tried to live vicariously through our characters, which we were creating. So I don't know what kind of wall we're breaking with that one. but I don't know, but I think it helps to get into character and actually live and breathe those characters sometime and bring them to life. Don't just write about them. Don't just give them a name, but actually live through them. And you can share parts of yourself through those characters as well. Very much so. And that, that's half the fun of... Uh, writing in general is one of, well, either one of my book series that I wrote. I always try and put a little bit of me in it. That way it can, it, it's just easier to identify with. And I always put like relationship heart feels in it too. And then I especially just, saw that in your Kindred Soul series. Um, I definitely felt you come through in Aiden and Gwyneth's relationship, too. There was times that I was reading it, and I'm like, yeah. I can tell by the way he's talking to her, showing her love, actually expressing love language. There you go. I was now, practicing it before I did Yeah, it. you were even doing that before you titled the love language series. So, 
and it, and it helps when you're writing certain genres if you can put your own experiences in it. Yeah. I think in Kindred Souls, there was actually a particular, I don't want to call it steamy, but in order to keep myself in check, I asked my wife, I said, hey, please read this and tell me what you think. I don't want it too much of that. I want it more of this. So I pulled from our own relationship experiences, intimate or not, and in tying that in with Half Fate Will Travel, that is what made that book so special. And also, we have a YouTube music playlist that we tied in songs that fit the scene, but also meant something to us. Do you remember one particular song that I had just been itching at? Mm-hmm. Lady in Red. There was a scene in the book, I won't give too much detail, but uh, if anybody is a child of the 80s or before, you know what song Lady in Red, or you know that song. So when this scene in the book came up, I said, we have to use this song. So we did not infringe on any rights by any means, but that song was one of those love languages that our characters, I guess, expressed for each other, but so did my wife and I. Yeah. How do you think there's other ways that our book, Have Fate Will Travel, reflected our love language in real life? Oh, uh, I think Peter... That was a good example with Lady in Red. Yeah. But... Peter and Sarah and both Alex and Emma, mm-hmm. if any of you read the book, you'll find that there are equal parts Peter and Sarah and equal parts Alex and Emma, but... Peter and Sarah's love language is all through the book in their journal entries. We wrote it from multi-perspective views in the book, but Alex and Emma's love language really doesn't come out towards... Until way further down. Yeah, like two-thirds yeah. the end, because I will, I'm not going to give it away. You have to go buy the book. But our love language in the book, it required us to introspectively look inward, if that's the right word to use. Yeah. How... It was like... If we were to create a different version of us in a different altraverse, who would we be? And in this case, we wrote in the time period of World War II. Peter was a young World War II journalist. I don't remember. Did we... Were our characters yours was like a year or two younger than Peter? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I put Peter at like 21, 22. Sarah was a young college-age girl, 1920, in Bordeaux, France. But... We birthed our characters around an era when war was a very real thing, but love is what tied everybody together. And as you read our book, you'll see Peter and Sarah's struggles. Like Sarah's dad was military and he Mm -hmm. was very hard and not necessarily cold, but he was the protector. Whereas Peter, uh, he was... He had experienced war and had known her dad, but it just, we still had to write as if we were experiencing it firsthand. I know even for myself, I pictured my own dad. Uh, my dad used to be sheriff, and he was obviously over for, overprotective and things like that with his girls. So I could envision my own dad um, and how he would reflect if I was in that situation and the protection that he would have felt for me also. How do you think that our own characters that we basically brought these characters from just writing down names to creating basically four we have two different timelines so we have two different lives going on we have the love life of peter and sarah like you said from the world war ii era to 
Emma and Alex, who is of this day and age. So how do those characters revolve around, like, our hearts, our lives? How much did we pour into those characters? I know Emma is kind of my version of, like, who I would want to be. Sarah's more just kind of a backstory on my pen name. Obviously, everybody knows that we're using pen names when we write. Everybody that knows us personally knows our real names. But my great-grandma's name was Sarah Elizabeth, and they always called her Sadie. So there was really no thought in my pen name. I, I felt like that kind of reached through another timeline, another life, and went, hey, <laughs> this is who your persona is going to be. And I've created Sadie out of nothing. I've created Sadie out of, like, going into Goodwill, and I find a scarf, and I find some sunglasses and different clothes, and we've just become so in tune to my husband saying, oh, that's a Sadie thing for sure. So she's created a life of her own just in the character that I've made out of her. But like I said with Emma, Sarah's more the down-to-earth, responsible, thinks things out. She's more who I really am in my day-to-day -day life because that's who I need to be or have to be. But Emma's the one that has the heart of, like, nothing can keep me down. I want to travel. I want to explore. There's, you know what I mean? That's kind of my persona on who I would rather be. If I could put all responsibility aside and live the life I really want, Emma is my person that I would connect with and want to be. How about you? Well, my character Peter, I kind of identify a lot equally, maybe, with both Peter and Alex. I have, I don't know if you looked at all my stuff. If you looked at the amount of books I have, probably floor to ceiling, couple times over. So I have, I guess I would, what I'm call a bibliophile. But Alex, no, not Alex, excuse me. Uh, Peter is a photographer and I love to be outside. I love to take pictures and travel a little bit, but more so from both characters. Both of my characters that I wrote, their heart and their soul is with the love of their life nothing they do in their lives in that book can compare to uh, what you might read as what they have for their um, each of their spouses mm -hmm. or well Alex and Emma didn't get married in that part of the book but Peter and Sarah did and it just dawned on me do you realize that Peter and Sarah ran away and got married. That's true. We kind of <laughs> did that. Boy, a year and a half later, I'm just realizing that I didn't even think my about wife it. Sadie and I, we didn't run away, but I kind of... Yeah, we were certainly old enough that we didn't need to yeah, run I away. Yeah, I kind of ran away at the age of 24 and got married, but that's another story for another podcast. Ran away from your old life and I didn't have much one, my but... arm. And we faced a lot of the same trials and tribulations when we were together as they did as well. So And it, and it made it easier to write about fictional trials and tribulations we didn't necessarily go through the things peter and sarah did or alex and emma for that matter but it made it easier to dredge up pain when writing a painful part there yeah. is let me reference one part real quick there was a part towards the end of the book close alex and emma were they in ireland or scotland they're sitting in a pub, and Alex sees over in the corner. I think it was Ireland. Yeah, maybe. there there was a, a gentleman that I wrote about. He was being very inappropriate with his date, and uh, the woman had told that man no several times at his advances, and 
the man ended up slapping the woman, and that's when... Now, I've never experienced this in real life, but obviously we've seen it thanks to modern era media, but Alex was set off by that, and he basically went over and pummeled the guy, but that only came to be because of trauma from his own childhood. Now, mind you, I wrote all of that, but I have not experienced that in my own life. So one might ask, well, how did you know to write that? Because... It's a visual thing. Like, my writing mantra is walking through the blind, the forest as if you were blind. What do your other non-visual senses tell you? Well, when you write a subject like abuse, we've all seen it. So how do you write it? How do you write, how do you put into words anger or heartbroken or, well, I did it and I had to ask my wife, I was like, I think this is a little bit much. What do you think? But at the same time, it kind of explained how I was feeling or more so the character, how the character was feeling. But then Sadie had to to flip that and write from from a woman's perspective. Emma's perspective what she just saw her her boyfriend the love of her life do. And then we, you read a little bit later why Alex did what he did. And then to tie it all in, it, they kind of came full circle. They each shared some trauma with each other, but that's the best part about writing a book is you become your own therapist in a roundabout way. You you may not specifically have gone through something, but you have gone through something. So when you write about something, whether made up or not, you have that emotion within you and you spill it onto paper. Now, there's a thing called editing that you have to whittle away. Like, okay, this is too much. This is not enough. That's garbage. That's, and you finally, in the end, you have a well-crafted scene that you have laid out. And that's exactly what I did there. And I don't know if that would fit into love language or not. Maybe acts of service. Mm-hmm. Probably not quality of time. Although, you know, you put a whoop on us. <laughs> <laughs> I think it helped us, too, to be able to share that trauma like you said, you used it as a almost like a therapy session in working through those stages, whether it be grief or whatever happened in the book. We were able to share that with each other. We weren't just writing it alone. Sometimes writing is a lonely journey. You write and you pour your heart out and you're not really sharing it with anybody but those thoughts inside your head, those characters that you've created. With us being co-authors, whether we're writing a book together or separately, we bounce ideas off of each other all the time, and we're able to share that pain and that trauma. So that was kind of a nice experience to be able to share that with each other. Can we talk about being a co-author for a second? What? How did that impact you writing something like that versus writing the other books you had written? What did that do for you or mean to you, co-authoring with me? At first, I think it was a little bit harder for us to get started. Why are you looking at me that way? My mind just took me back when we were writing the book. It was... Aw, I miss that. We have a part two in, in the works, too, but we've just gotten so off track with everything else in our lives. Someone decided to grow wings of our own. That's right. And the other part of that, too, is I think I want to share a milestone that we just shared. We just hit our 22nd wedding anniversary. Yes. And that is, in and of itself, like I said, no small feat. And so... 22nd, yes. But in my head... We've been married for much longer than we were together. 
You want to share that part of your story since we're... Dated myself and you as well. I think it's important to share how... Let's talk about our inception and how we came together. From like birth or... No, like that's kind of the conception. Like from the moment you saw me and the angels gathered round and the butterflies took off and you said, Angel, I know, I want a, to be with her. A halo <laughs> shone from the back of... No. So, I guess this isn't off topic at all. It kind of fits in with everything we're talking about. Love language, our book. It helps that Sadie and I have known each other for so long and by long like I think the first day I met you was was on your 16th it was birthday. My 16th birthday. So May 27th 1985. Yes, yeah. 85. I, I had to quickly add up in my head how old I because was. Because we were at Randonna Holland for your yeah. birthday. So yeah. I've known my wife for 30 plus years, not 35 actually, 36. In my mind, in my heart, somewhere, I, I have always loved her. But having said that, when you have a reality such as ours where it's not just a fantasy or a dream of loving somebody or anything else, things get real, real fast. And so did our book and being able to put our experiences in that. And having a marriage as long as we have really helped. And I don't think... We could have, we could wish our lives away and wish that in 1985 we would have gotten together. We actually did not get back together or have a reunion of sorts until 1999 when we kind of re met each other after all those years. We were grown by then. We have a lot of past between us throughout those years alone, but we wouldn't want to change anything that happened in between there. Would I like to say, there's an old saying, um, is it? Like, I would have, if I would have known you, I would have loved you longer. Mm -hmm. I would have, like, been your first everything. I wish he would have been my first everything as well. But it would change the person we are now if we went back and we tried to take away all those things that happened to us between. And not all those things were good. I have a lot of past trauma that got dumped on him that he had to deal with when we first got together and we've spent 22 years working our way through those things. You have a lot of past stuff too and things even family related that we had to work through over those 22 years too but I wouldn't change any of those things to to get us to the point where we are today 22 years later. There are certainly things that I could have done better but the experiences like my wife said is what made us who we are today so luckily there is no such thing as time travel right yeah that's true so i would not want to really go back and fix anything per se but there's always that well what if i would have done that different or better or at all or yeah what if i wouldn't have opened that letter from her or called her or driven up that night after she wouldn't say she loved me on the <laughs> computer I wanted to say it in person, so... Half fate will travel, chances right. are. That's right. And it's funny how that circles around through almost everything in our lives. I know. And even love, love language does. I mean, we've used acts of service and all of the other types of love language to work our way through a, should I say, a puddle of mud <laughs> when we were first together Sorry. and trying to figure trying to figure out things from basically the ground up. It's made us who we are today, 22 years later. That's right. Anyway, if you have not already checked it out, you need to go to Amazon and go under uh, Stephen St. Clair 
or Sadie K. Frazier. Both of our names are on the co-authored book, but I think I will read the blurb of How Fate Will Travel and just kind of lead that into so you kind of know what it's a little bit more about. We've talked about it, but we're just kind of, we're kind of giving you a little teasers, but we're not really sharing what the whole story is about. So this is a timeless love story of a young wartime journalist, Peter, who is swept away by an unexpected gift of love when he least expected it. A chance meeting with a mysterious man brings Sarah all she ever hoped for as she finds forever within his heart. As they begin to dream of building a life together, Nazis infiltrate the city of Bordeaux, France. Within seconds, mass chaos erupts and their hearts are torn apart. Their bodies are ripped from one another as each disappears without a trace. With the hope of their future crushed, they fear the other has not survived the brutal wrath of World War II's utter destruction. Separated by the devastation of war, they are determined to find one another again, against all odds. As each return one day to make peace with their past and say goodbye to all that could have been, fate steps in and opens the door to a whole new journey that lies ahead as their hearts are reunited at last. Rewriting the story of their lives, they leave a treasured legacy they hope will inspire others to follow in their footsteps and find true love and never give up hope no matter the odds stacked against them. That right there, if we could leave a legacy of what you and I stand for, that is us. Rewriting the story of our lives, we left a treasured legacy that we hope will inspire others to follow in the footsteps and find true love and never give up hope no matter the odds stacked against them. So their timeless love story continues as it touches a young bookstore owner, Alex, when he decides to join their quest that spans the globe, one that will change his heart and life forever. A chance meeting with a mysterious man brings Emma a second chance at love as she accepts Destiny's call in the form of following the same quest and finds that everything she's been searching for was right in front of her all along. Through an unsuspecting miracle of fate, their paths cross and these four lives discover they are connected by secrets and bonds that span a lifetime of memories and beyond. Is love alone enough to save them? Are the hands of fate powerful enough on their own to break down the walls that separate these two hearts. Chances are when love and fate come together, the answer is almost always a resounding yes. And then this last quote is from what we talked about for chances are that Peter Gordon wrote, chances are when the dust has settled and all is said and done, the true quest you were searching for was right in front of you all along. And that is also our story. It is. So... Little did we know back in 85 that two years and then 12 years we would be back together again and how things have come full circle. And it's just been a wonderful journey so far, minus. And I do want to add to one of the trials that we each went through while writing this book. Um, I had some physical issues, more so my thyroid took a crash big time and so uh, my wife being the love of my life basically helped me with regaining myself back and it's been it took us a year and a half to put it out because of my issues of hiding behind whatever was going on at the time and yeah. most people think well how did a thyroid issue that most of most people would probably assume if you don't know that an eating or you know there's always jokes about 
you know, bigger people and thyroid issues. That that doesn't equate to the hormonal because your your thyroid is your ma one of your master glands in your body, and it dictates so much so pretty much everything in your life. And there there's just a lot of darkness then there versus now and now it's just being out of shape and overweight a little bit. But my wife, um, there was a particular instance when I don't, the doctor said it's not possible, but I had something happen where we were thinking it was a reaction to vitamin D, but the doctor mm -hmm. said that's not possible. But so I don't know if I had what's called a silent headache, but I remember standing in a room and I can tell you exactly where we were standing, where I felt this crushing force within my head. And it was just, it was like white noise with pain and pressure. And I just burst into tears and I cried out. And I started smacking my head. I said, make this be quiet. And I just bawled. And Sadie wrapped her arms around me and grabbed my head. And just, she helped me with whatever was going on at that time. So... There were a lot of times throughout our book total that we wrote about pain and suffering. Uh, there's a part particular that I won't say it, but uh, Sarah goes through something, suffers a loss of sorts that Peter had to figure out how to kind of make better. But that kind of loss you can't really make better. But with my pain that I felt just Sadie being there kind of made things better because it was a little less scary and yeah. I didn't know what I was really going through and I still don't know what happened but I think that's what true love language is is being there through like you said we're sharing that we've been married for 22 years and it is something to celebrate but there's times like that and darkness in our own lives that we've had to make it through and without being as close as we are or sharing our love language in whatever form or nature that is we wouldn't be the same person. We wouldn't be the same couple. We would have fallen apart. And also, not that we haven't fallen apart. We had a separation in 2009. Nine. And we were separated for almost three months. Like Valentine's to May. Yep. <laughs> and it was one of the most horrible times in our life where we lost sight of each other. So even now, we're 22 years in, there's a lot of things that we've lost sight of because of our age because of hormones because of even on my end because of menopause because of different hormonal changes and things that we've each gone through because of your illness that have you kind of get in this doldrum where you're just living life and you're not really you're not really feeding each other those things those love languages and you can easily that's that's where the doubts creep in the fears creep in and that's where separation happens so we are determined through writing our book, through all the ways that we express our creativity with each other and with others to share our story with you guys, to show you how, how we've gotten from point A to point B, how you hold on to each other in the middle of those dark times and how you make it through on the other side. Very important that people in general, but people that have a relationship, learn or rediscover the meaning of love language because I promise you with all that I am, if you explore what it is to to have a love language with somebody else or you know like i said in my po one of my podcasts love language doesn't mean with a romantic partner it could be 
your your favorite pet, your child, your grandparent, your your friend that you've known forever, dare I say coworkers, because you do have relationships with them too. And you there are people I'm sure that we've all worked with that we care a great deal about. But love language in the end is is literally just what you put into a relationship with somebody. And like acts of service or words of affirmation or even physical touch. Those don't have to mean romantic stuff. They can be, you know, giving somebody a hug or a handshake or, hey, that was, you did a really good job on that or, or yeah. thanks for the birthday gift or Christmas gift or, you know, stuff like that. Love language is so important in today's age we live in that I think if more people practiced the art of love language, it would erase a little bit more hate that seems to be out there. I agree. 100%. So I think, do you have anything else you want to say before we wrap up our what we're going to be doing this weekend? Were you pointing our... at something on the, the <laughs> desk there? Well, we have another important event that we have this weekend, but I just wanted to make sure if you had anything else to share. I just wanted to publicly thank you for, I know I kind of, and I'm going to use this term, maybe not correctly, but I crap out a lot sometimes. And um, But you are what, allows me to get back up again and flourish and fight and move on and do things. I, I have bounced more things off of you even just in writing manuscripts that you have created an environment as such that we can sit down and write and I'm glad that you are an author as well because you you get it when mm -hmm. I think it makes it so much easier that we can do it together and we get each other we get those moments where it's like stop what you're doing grab your notes when I wrote a book called Love Sam there were times that I was in tears because I could feel Sam I'll share that story later when I promote Love Sam and I kind of um, go through my cousin's illness with ALS here I'll have her on my podcast but um, there were times that my friend that's passed away would come through and I felt this inspiration hit me but the cool part of that is that not only did I feel that but from across the kitchen or in my driveway my husband was also feeling the same inspiration from my friend who passed away we're kind of in tune yeah and there were times that I didn't even get the words out before he was in tears and he was feeling the same energy come through or he would come to me with ideas and do you remember that part i don't remember where we were at i'm like hey does sam have a brother oh yeah and you're like you had already written that part and yep. didn't even tell me yeah and i'm like does sam have a brother and you looked at me like are you reading my stuff <laughs> it's creepy when we're that in tune with each other that the person that's from beyond the grave is sharing inspiration with you, but it's bleeding over into your it, husband's brain as it, well. It so. would have been one thing if I had said, hey, does Sam have a sister or a cousin? But I was specific. Specifically. I said, yep. hey, does Sam have a brother? Yeah, absolutely. So check out that book too, Love yeah. Sam. That is also a very lengthy, very heartfelt story. Yeah, and I'll get into that. Like I said, uh, my, my upcoming podcast here within the next couple weeks will be of my cousin Chris and her journey with ALS, but I'll also share the story with you of when I wrote Love, Sam, and how that pertained to my own life as well. Anyway, in addition to what you were just saying, thank you also for the same gift that you've given me of sharing your love language and, 
And don't look at me or I'm going to cry. <laughs> I, I need to kind of also throw out an additional thanks. Um, there is a certain someone I've known for a long time, uh, April Irwin, yep. that had it not been for her and I re... I don't even know what the right word is, reacquainting. Uh, I've moved to different states since then, but um, she actually, in talking to her on Facebook, she had become an author. I don't know if she'd always been, but we got to talking, and the next thing I know, she connect, connected us, or well, me first, to our then-publisher, but uh, it is because of April that that connection uh, got my wife and I into writing, and now... Absolutely. What do we have? We have like 15 books total? I think so. 15, 16, something like that. I think you have one more book out than I do. Maybe. But, but we're, we're not, not racing. <laughs> we are counting. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have one so more. So <laughs> be sure and take the time to think about all the people that have got you there, have shared their love language with you in your life that got you where you are now and go back and whether they're alive or not you can still thank them the best you can because even if they're not alive they know that's right they, they, they feel you from beyond that's right and that's that's what leads up to i'll tell you about the event this weekend but that's what leads up to the course that i have created the workshop that i've created which i now have a date for december 10th is when i will be releasing my free workshop how to write your first or 20th novel without having a panic attack. And it's basically helping people. I feel this desperate need to help other people write their story. Probably because we have written, we've kind of written our own story through Have Fate Will Travel. But also, like I said, with Love Sam, with you and your Kindred Souls series. Um, and I'm not just talking about those kind of stories. Those are all fictional stories that we've made up from our heads or other inspiration. In our hearts, yes. But they're not the stories that are within our hearts. I have specifically my cousin Brenda, who has written her, or she hasn't written it yet. I'm trying to help her write her story, trying to encourage her to write her story. Um, she has a story of adoption. Your brother Paul has a story of adoption. Mm -hmm. My cousin Chris is suffering from ALS and has a terminal illness. There's people like that that have stories inside of them that they are living proof, their inspiration to other people on how to live your life and survive those kind of things. But they have these stories inside of them that they are dying to tell, but they have no idea how to. My cousin came to me and said, I would like to write my story and share this with other people, but who am I to write this story? I don't know where to start. I don't know if I'm good enough to do this. I don't even know, you know, she doesn't know the technical part of that. So that lead me, that lead me, that led me to come up with a bunch of ideas on how to help them write their story. So my free workshop ended up being basically all about mindset, conquering those fears, self-doubt, all of those things that stop you from wanting to write that story. And in my workshop, I will take you clear to the end of opening up your computer and starting that Word document. And then I have a signature course that I will be presenting in January which is actually how to help you write your story. And it's called Bringing the Story Inside Your Heart to Life. So I will give you lots more details on that. But for now, if you would like to sign up for that free workshop, I have a new website. Um, it's inpursuitofpurpose.org. Again, that's inpursuitofpurpose.org. Go to that slash 
links, L-I-N-K-S, and then the very top link says sign up for a free writing workshop here. Just click on that and then you can enter your first name and it's coming, like I said, December 10th. Um, just click on the join my free story developing workshop today, enter your first name, email address, and click get ready to change your life, enter now. And I believe there is a PDF that should be attached to that also um, that will give you some kind of keys to unlock some of those things ahead of time. Get your mind where it should be, get you inspired, and then join me on my workshop December 10th. So this weekend, on Sunday, we have a library event coming up. It's an author's event, but I will let you tell us a little bit about that as well and what we will be doing. It is an event that our public library hosts here in town that showcases local authors and their creations. Uh, I This will be my third. It will be Sadie's second. Yep. And we will be showcasing uh, primarily two things. One will be our book that officially a year ago today, or today's date, I should say, but we will be showcasing that as well as um, Sadie's... My workshop. Her workshop. Yep. So if any of you are listening to this and are local... Council Bluffs, Iowa. Sunday at our Council Bluffs Public Library from 1 o'clock to 3 p.m., uh, come and pay us a visit. Uh, we hope that lots of you, not just our parents, <laughs> or, well, it won't be my parents. They live out of state. But uh, anybody that is listening to this, please come out. Don't just support us. Support uh, everybody that is there if you can, but, you know, support us too. We'll have copies of Half Hate Will Travel on hand. And, it, and this isn't about selling our product as much as it is representing who we are as people and as authors. Sharing our hearts and our stories. In the two past events that I've been to, um, I was promoting my Kindred Souls books, and I was the prop, per se. I have, I'm of Scottish ancestry, and I had a Scottish attire on. Not the full getup like you would see, but uh, I wish I had then. But this time I will not be wearing a kilt. I will be wearing a, hopefully if it all fits, <laughs> pants, which is always helpful. We're um, kind of doing uh, 1940s era period piece clothes to represent Peter and Sarah. Yep. So once again, Council Bluffs Public Library author event, uh, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Come out and see us. Come out especially and uh, check out what Sadie has. Um, you will not regret it. She is probably my favorite human in all of the known universe and I can bear witness to what she has been doing. She spent many hours, days, weeks, probably months. Tears. Tears. I mean, yes, weeks, months. Working on this course to help people. And maybe it's you that wants to be an author but doesn't really know where to start or how do you write about a traumatic event that you feel would help other people. Well, this beautiful woman next to me can and will show you how to do it. And I would jump in while it's free. I'll just say that. Not to say that she's going to, you know, empty your wallet with the paid portion coming in January, but this no, will be... No, and there's a lot of courses that are... I've been taking courses of my own to learn some of these things, and I have a friend of mine, a doctor friend of mine, who is spending literally thousands of dollars to do some of these other courses, and that's not what I want to get out of this. I will be charging for my signature course, not for the free workshop, 
but that's not what I want to get out of it. I want to take you by the hand and I want to teach you along the way how to share your own story that's inside of your heart, but I want to do it using my own heart, and that's what makes my course different than a lot of others. I will be using my heart. I will be talking to you just like I am now. I've always been honest on this podcast as far as myself, as far as my husband, and I promise you the same thing with my workshop. I just want to be able to help you and help you tell your story as well. So I guess in closing, I'm sad to say goodbye, especially this week. It's yeah. always hard to say goodbye, but especially having you on the podcast has been a treat today, and I thank you for coming and sharing a piece of yourself with us as well. And we hope to do a few more crossover events too where just, you get to hear us talk for you know, find the right subject. hours and hours and hours on absolutely nothing well, someone, and everything in between. Someone was paid as a child to be quiet. And I didn't make it. She it's didn't make not it. worth it. So make yourself visible. Use your voice. Share your story. Write your story. Get out there and live a little bit. Absolutely. Or a lot. <laughs> and my wish, as always, our wish together, is that we have provided you with hope, that we've uplifted you, that we've made you laugh, made you cry, that we've made you want to scream out loud. I want to take my own life into my hands and take the time to tell our own stories. And I hope that you'll join me each week as we take the next steps in becoming more than we ever thought imaginable as we learn that nothing is too big to handle when we step out of the way and let the universe guide us. So chin up, my friend. You've taken another big step, and it's all uphill from here. So straighten your crown, take a deep breath in, and let it all go, because we believe in you, both of us together. You've got what it takes, and so do we. Together we'll make it through day by day and piece by piece until we're restored, healed, and find joy in the journey once again. So I hope you guys have a great week and you enjoy your time off if you have a nice long weekend like we do. Hang in there and know that you're loved from here to the universe and back. Until next time, I'm unconditionally yours. All my love, Sadie. has been a very special crossover event with none other than yours truly Sadie K. Frazier from the Daily Escape podcast and my special guest Stephen St. Clair from the Crafted Quill podcast see you on the flip side peace out